0: This is an ABC podcast. The Queen has died after 70 years on the throne. Thousands have gathered here outside Buckingham Palace to honour her reign in London. I'm Isabella Higgins for this special edition of Hack on Triple J. The high
1: and mighty princess, Queen
0: Elizabeth the Second, thoughtful, wise, funny, it's a figure of global significance. It's a very, very sad. Set.
2: Yeah, Australia woke up to this massive news this morning, a day many will not forget. Queen Elizabeth II has died. And if ever there was a time to say it's the end of an era, this is it. Welcome to Hack, I'm Dave Marchese with you for this special coverage of the Queen's death. There aren't many people alive who can remember a world without the Queen and the impact of her passing is reverberating around the globe. We're going to bring you perspectives from around the country and around the world and we'll start in London where the ABC's Europe correspondent Isabella Higgins is standing by outside Buckingham Palace. Isabella, hello. Describe the scene around you. What's the mood in London right now?
0: Well, Dave, I'm standing right in front of Buckingham Palace, a building that's come to represent the royal family. And already it's very early here and there are hundreds of people who have gathered to pay tributes. We're seeing people who are laying flowers. I saw people with tears in their eyes looking up at that castle that has come to represent so much to this country. There's also huge hordes of media, as you can imagine. And perhaps a sign that something really is wrong is that the Union Jack is at half-mast, a sign that this nation now begins its first official day of mourning that will last for 10 days and will culminate in the Queen's funeral here in London.
2: Isabella, what do we know about the Queen's death? Where did she die?
0: Well, Dave, obviously she was an elderly woman. She'd been having some health troubles uh, through the recent months, but it was just months ago that we saw her waving from the balcony at Buckingham Palace for her platinum jubilee celebrating 70 years. And that will probably be the last public image we really have of her. She had spent her summer up at the Balmoral Estate. It's one of her said to be one of her favourite places in the world. And then the world got news that she had taken a turn for the worse, that doctors were concerned for her health. We heard the news that her family were rushing to be by her side. And then Buckingham Palace said that she passed away peacefully at Balmoral Estate, one of her favourite places in the world. And then, of course, this train of event events unfolded.
2: And you said her family was rushing to see her. Do we know if Princes William and Harry were there, for instance?
0: We know that Prince William arrived with many other members of the royal family. We also know that Prince Harry made it up to the Balmoral Estate as well. He was in the UK uh, for some other charitable endeavours. So all of that family, you can imagine what it's like anyone who's lost a family member, knows what it's like in those days where you gather around, where you hug each other, hold each other, because this was not just a monarch. She was a mother. She was a grandmother. She was a great-grandmother. So in that moment, you can imagine it must have been, they would have been mourning like any other family would have.
2: And the surprising thing about this is the Queen seemed to be working right up until the end. Just a couple of days ago, we saw some pictures of her in the media.
0: That's right, David. It's what everyone is remembering about her, her sense of duty, the fact that she always put the country first. Just days ago, she was meeting with Britain's new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, and farewelling the former Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. We saw images of her. People described her as looking sprightly. Right up to the end, people said she was sharp as a tack and still very interested in the matters of this nation.
2: Isabella, are there a lot of young people out there near the palace paying their respects as well? Like I imagine there are so many people, but are you noticing that there are younger people there as well?
0: Certainly, I've seen people as young as three or four years old who came with their parents, but then also some teenagers who came before school, uh, some other people in their early 20s as well. Uh, For these people, they wouldn't remember a time before Queen Elizabeth, most of us don't. I mean, you have to be over 70 years old to remember a time before the Queen. And it's interesting talking to people. They, uh, one person said to me, from now on, these, m- me and my children, we will only know kings because the next three people in line to take the British throne are, of course, men.
2: Yeah, wow. And Isabella, what are we expecting to happen over the weekend? I imagine there's a lot in store over the next few days.
0: That's right. So the new King Charles III, it takes a little bit of getting used to that one. He is travelling to London. They will be in the House of Parliament. For hours on end, parliamentarians will be paying tribute to the Queen. We expect King Charles III will make his first address to the nation as monarch. And we understand that very much arrangements are being made to officially appoint him as sovereign. And also, as you can imagine, many, many arrangements are being made to put in place a plan for the
2: Queen's funeral. Oh, this is the biggest story in the world. It's going to be for the next days and weeks ahead as well. Isabella Higgins outside Buckingham Palace. Thanks as always for taking the time to speak with us on Hack. Thanks,
0: Dave. Hack. there is a plan in place
2: here and it's a plan that the Queen has had a very close hand in. Well, as the world begins to adapt to a new British monarch, many things we take for granted here in Australia are about to change.
0: What actually changes in a legal sense today? Well, in one word, nothing changes in a legal sense.
1: I think, you know, the, mon- the way that Monica has been treating us, you know, the punitive expeditions and the massacre and the genocide and the annihilation of our people has not stopped since 1838. When uh,
0: an existing monarch dies, uh the successor immediately becomes the next monarch. So King Charles III is uh, now king and also
2: our king.
1: What will the process be for bringing King Charles to our coins?
3: On Triple J.
2: Yeah, I'm keen to hear what you think. How did you react to the news this morning that the Queen had died? Let me know. You can message in 0439 757 Well, most of us know at least a little about the Queen's life, whether you've heard things from your family, maybe your grandma was a huge fan, gossip mags, maybe you're a huge fan of The Crown, the TV show. Because 70 years in the one job is a long time and the Queen's reign was marked by great achievements, celebrations, scandals and heartbreak. Claudia Long looks back on The Queen's life.
0: It's inevitable that I should seem a rather remote figure to many of you. Someone whose face may be familiar in newspapers and films, but who never really touches your personal lives. But
4: now, at least for a few minutes, I welcome you. When it comes to famous faces, it's hard to think of someone more well-known than The Queen. Queen Elizabeth II's death ends the longest ever reign of a British monarch, whose time on the throne coincided with some of the biggest events her country has ever seen. And that reign begun when she was just 27.
0: And as the music rises in triumph, we await Her Majesty the Queen.
4: When Elizabeth's father, King George VI died, she took the throne in 1953. Not only was she dealing with the grief of losing her father, she now had the responsibility of being the head of the British royal family, aka the House of Windsor. She had weekly meetings with the UK's Prime Ministers, including Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher and Tony Blair, some of which were dramatised in the hit series, The Crown.
0: But I have found women in general tend not to be suited to high office. they become too emotional. I doubt you'll have that trouble with me.
4: And she was on the throne during major international conflicts like the Cold War, the invasion of Iraq and the Gulf War, along with the first pandemic in a century. I also want
3: to thank those of you who are staying at home. Together we are tackling this disease.
4: The Queen was leading Buckingham Palace during one of the most turbulent times for the monarchy in living memory. Well, there were three of us in this marriage so it was a bit crowded. The 80s and the 90s saw a bunch of scandals in the House of Windsor, including Prince Charles cheating on Princess Diana, and the press published receipts. And it happened in the same year as a huge fire at Windsor Castle.
3: 1992 is not a year on which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure. In the words of one of my more sympathetic correspondents, it has turned out to be an annus
4: Horribilis. The late 90s brought tragedy with the death of Princess Diana in 1997, when the Queen came under heavy criticism for not publicly grieving enough before delivering a statement.
0: This week at Balmoral, we have all been trying to help William
3: and Harry come to terms with a devastating loss that they and the rest of us
4: have suffered. The 2000s brought even more changes, with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle leaving the monarchy. I need to do this for my family. And the biggest story to hit the House of Windsor. In 2019, the Duke of York, Prince Andrew, was accused of sexually assaulting an underage girl via his friendship with pedophile sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein, which he's repeatedly denied.
3: So I don't think that could have happened at all.
4: There was a witness there, Johanna Stolberg, who says that you did visit
3: the house in that month. I probably did. I don't think... I, 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 on I've One of the weirdest things, I was staying with the...
4: As the head of the House of Windsor, all eyes were on Queen Elizabeth II during these huge events. Though it was rare to actually hear her respond to them, with most, if any, comment coming in the form of written statements to the media. The Queen is adored by a lot of people, especially in her home country of England. But with the Queen gone, what happens to the monarchy now? During the 20th century, there was a seismic shift in the influence of what was the British Empire. It crumbled as many countries reclaimed their land and independence from British colonisers. Now, the death of the Queen is likely going to see renewed calls for Australia to become a republic. For that to happen, there would need to be a referendum to change the constitution. We actually had one back in the 90s. Obviously, it wasn't successful, but expect to hear more from the Republican movement in the coming months and years. Australian leaders from across the political spectrum have paid tribute to the Queen, including Prime Minister Anthony Albanese.
2: It is a time of mourning for the people in Britain, across the Commonwealth and indeed around the world. There is comfort to be found in Her Majesty's own words, Grief is the price we pay for love.
4: And opposition leader Peter Dutton.
2: One of humanity's brightest lights has gone out. Her Majesty Queen
4: Elizabeth II is finally at peace with her beloved husband, the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. Thank
2: you, Your Majesty, for everything.
4: The PM will soon be on his way to the United Kingdom with the Governor-General, who represents the Crown in Australia. They'll meet with the new King and visit the Queen's lying in state and attend her funeral at Westminster Abbey. Over the Queen's more than seven-decade reign, she met with thousands of her subjects and delivered countless speeches too. But her first address was long before she became Queen when, in 1940, a young Princess Elizabeth addressed the children of the Commonwealth.
1: We know, every one of us,
4: that in the end, all will be well. Good night and good luck to you all.
2: Hack on Triple J. Yeah, a huge life. And whatever your thoughts on the Queen, there's no denying her part in history from World War II right up to the COVID pandemic. A couple of years ago, the Queen's been a figure many have turned to for comfort and guidance. I'm hearing from you. Someone on the text line says, weird to feel so sad. She's just been there and seemed to live with integrity, grace and humour. Vaughan in England says, I'm an Aussie who lives in the UK and you can feel the weight of the Queen's loss among the people. She was very loved and respected and will be missed. Somebody else says, can we hear from Australian Aboriginal communities, Africans, many more colonies that are still pushing for reparations? Look, there are so many big issues that are going to come from this moment. And don't worry, Haki is going to cover all of them in the weeks and months ahead. Today we're reflecting along with the rest of the world and it's important to recognise that younger Australians definitely had a different relationship with the Queen than our parents and grandparents. Like, for some of you, she might have felt like a grandparent. For others, you might not have felt any connection to the Queen at all. Hack got out and about across the country today to ask. Hack.
4: It's it's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, do you know much
2: about her? We're not, like, incredibly educated about the Queen, but we just know she exists and that she's like the monarchy or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad when someone dies. But yeah, it was really unex- I was, it was unexpected. So,
0: mm. Have people in class been talking about it this morning? Yeah. We had a minute of silence for yeah. our exam this morning. So. I mean, I think it's pretty sad Like when anyone
1: kind of gets in that position. Like, you wouldn't want that to happen to your own family member. But I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of the Queen or just, like, the monarchy in general.
2: The of the Queen hit me harder than I thought it would, um... We've always celebrated the royal family a little bit in our own family. And yeah, I guess I just had kind of a childish idea that she'd live forever. On Triple J. Some young Australians there with their reactions to the Queen's death. I want to bring in someone who definitely feels connected to the Queen and the royal family. Alexander Voltz is with the Australian Monarchist League and he joins us now. G'day Alexander, thanks for coming on Hack. Thanks for having me, it's great to be here. What was your reaction when you woke up to this news that the Queen had died this morning?
3: Well, for me, it was a a sleepless night. We had reports come in from Buckingham Palace at about 10 o'clock at night to say that, you know, something is up here. Um, And as that situation developed, the alarm bells start to go off when... Um, uh, Prince of Wales Charles and Princess Royal Anne started to go to Balmoral, but even more alarming then was the younger of the Queen's uh, children, um, Andrew and Edward, and then, of course, uh, uh, Duke of Cambridge, William. So I was up late. (laughs) I uh, was was waiting with bated breath. I went to bed pretty much after um, it was... Announced that the changing of the guard would be suspended, which, other than for very rare instances, hasn't happened since the the death of King George, um, the sixth. So I we had sort of decided what was going to be happening, and then I I got a, a phone call in the uh, in the early hours of the morning, woke me up, and uh, a friend of mine who I'd been on, you know, working with, uh, getting everything ready for the Monarchist league, uh, said to me that. Um, uh, the, the Queen is dead, long live the King. And I said, long live the King, and we hung up, we went back to bed, and I woke up, and it was a very sad morning. And I think that's something to touch on here. It's sad. A human being has died, but a human being with a
2: legacy that is simply indomitable, and people respect that. They really do. Yeah, Alexander, a lot's been made of the Queen's legacy, sense of duty that she took to the throne at such a young age and kept working right up until the end. What do you think her legacy is going to be?
3: Yeah, her legacy, my favourite memory, these sorts of questions. For me, I mean, people use the word duty. I want to frame it in a different way for your listeners to think about. Stamina. Can you imagine getting dressed every day, immaculately, getting out of bed? You can't have a PJs day, you know? And you have to go and run one of the you know biggest economies in the world. I mean, not head of government, but head of state. So there's a huge responsibility there, and there is there's no you know sick leave, if you like. Really, it's it's enormous. And we can we can remember the Queen as someone who worked right up until her last day. I mean, only a few days ago she swore in her fifteenth prime minister of of. Of 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 the United Kingdom of Britain, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and isn't that incredible? But I mean, that must take an enormous toll on someone. I'm you one, know, the stress of family problems, of 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 a, of running our country, you know, of a, of going through a pandemic, and to do it for 70 years.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone would accuse the Queen of being lazy no. at all. It's, no, um, no, no. definitely no. take stamina, as you said. I'm interested, if you have thoughts on this, I want to hear them, 1300 055536. You can call in now. Share those thoughts. Uh, Alexander, I wanted to ask, the thing is the Queen was the most famous woman in the world. Her every move was recorded. We're seeing that now in all of the archival footage. But privately, we didn't know much about her. Why is that? I think that is the strength
3: of the crown. A lot of people say to me, and particularly people who are Republicans, um, I love the Queen, but... And what I want to put to you is that the Queen is really nothing without the duties and responsibilities in her life. In other words, she never really had a character, but yet she is this loved, beautiful woman. And so we can think of that as being, well, that's actually a personification of her office, you know that's what I would say, so the office doesn't necessarily allow you to to have much of a character. it's it's a It's a sacrificial role, you know I mean, I, not to get all religious on you, but the queen is a Christian queen. She wears a Christian crown. she took her Christian vows
2: at her coronation and earlier, extremely seriously. You're listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese, speaking with Alexander Volts from the Australian Monarchist League about the Queen's death. We're getting some messages through. Somebody says, my family and I are british Lee living in Australia. We definitely feel like a distant family member has passed. Another person says, the Queen is my 27th cousin. Being here in Australia is definitely hard to hear that she's passed. She'll be dearly missed. Maybe Alexander's a bit jealous of that, to have Um, the Queen as your 27th cousin. (laughs) Alexander, stay with us. We're going to come back to you. But first, so many of you are asking questions about what happens now. The answer is a lot.
4: Hack. Do you guys know the process now? Like, who's going to be in charge next? I don't
3: know
0: anything about how it works, so, yeah.
4: <laughs> the guy dating, uh, married to Camilla. Um, I've heard King Charles will take uh, the Queen's place. What about Australian money? Oh, God, Why I didn't did even... ...stay th-
1: like that, and then they'll make new ones with the new king on it.
4: So Yeah, it's a mixture of... Sadness, and then also just worry for the future because of who's next in line. It didn't really feel like it was going to happen anytime soon, so... I
3: thought she was going to live forever.
4: It's never good someone dying, but, uh, I mean, I didn't know her and I'm not really into following the royal, so... She's been there for 70-odd years, so, yeah, I reckon it'll hit hit the younger
2: people harder than anyone else in the future.
4: And also the fact that she was a queen and not a king I think is really cool on Triple J. (laughs)
2: The preparation for the Queen's death actually started decades ago. From Buckingham Palace's official code, London Bridge is down, to the funeral, official mourning, and of course the succession. The world has a new king. The crown has passed to Queen Elizabeth's son, King Charles III. He's actually the oldest person to assume the British throne, and he's been preparing for a while. To explain, here's Joe Lauder.
1: If you're wondering about the process for how Charles became king so quickly, it's because it's automatic. Here's constitutional expert Professor Anne Toomey. Under both Australian law and United Kingdom law, he immediately becomes king. There's no interregnum, which is... Something that, you know, a gap between monarchs. But that doesn't mean it's it for the formalities with King Charles III. There's also a meeting of what's called the Ascension Council within 24 hours after the death of the monarch, where they formally proclaim him king. And then Charles takes an oath that unites the churches of England and Scotland, known as the Ascension Declaration. Then that news is read out from a balcony at St James's Palace in London and all around the Commonwealth like this one back in 1952 announcing the new queen.
0: The high and mighty princess Elizabeth Alexandra Mary is now, by the death of our late sovereign of happy memory, become Queen Elizabeth II.
1: I understand there are plans then for the new king to go and visit various parts of the United Kingdom immediately to be visibly seen as Um, the King in Scotland and in Wales and in Northern Ireland and all those places. So I think we'll see quite a lot of King Charles in the next few days. The Queen's body will be taken from Scotland to London by royal train and will lie in Buckingham Palace's throne room before going to Westminster Hall, where an official period of lying in state for four days will begin. It's expected that her funeral will be held in 10 days. If you're wondering what's going to happen in Australia after the Queen's death, this is the political side of things. Parliament was meant to sit next week, but it's now been suspended and the flag of Parliament House is flying at half-mast and it'll stay that way until after the Queen's funeral. At 5pm today on the forecourt of Parliament House, there was a 96-gun salute, one for each year of the Queen's life. The Prime Minister and the Governor-General, who represents the Crown here in Australia, will go to the UK for the funeral.
2: In the coming days, the Governor-General and I will be heading to London where we will meet the King. We will convey the sorrow of Australians as well as our best wishes to him and the Queen Consort as he takes on his duties as sovereign.
1: Once they're back, there'll be a national memorial service and a day of mourning and all flags will fly at half-mast. But it's not clear if that day is also gonna be a public holiday. But it's not just the political stuff that's gonna change. For all our lives, the Queen's portrait has been on our money, like on our $5 note.
3: We'll undoubtedly get a new $5 note. That won't necessarily happen all that quickly, though.
1: There will also be a new portrait of King Charles III for the coins, but he'll face the other way because that's a tradition. Here's ANU professor and military historian, John Blaxland, talking to the ABC.
3: There are modelers at the Mint. They have their own artists who design and then produce this. The process will take some time.
1: Professor Antrumi says there will also be a big celebration for King Charles III, the coronation of the king, but it's probably a year away. Yes, there's a lot of ceremony involved in coronations, um, so they do require quite a lot of preparation. Uh, But also you need time as well for people to mourn the previous monarch. It would be inappropriate to be doing something celebratory of um, the kind of a
2: coronation so
1: soon after a monarch's death.
2: You're listening to Hack on Triple J. Joe Lauder with that update. You are listening to Hack's special coverage of the Queen's death. I'm Dave Marchese. Some more messages coming through. Sean from Bendigo says, I was truly sad to hear about the Queen's death but bring on a republic. It's time. Another person, Emily, says, I expect we will see many more people starting to think more about what it means to have a monarch, especially as we start to see somebody new in the role, a king specifically. Let's go to a caller. Sabian's on the line. Sabian, you've, you're of different of opinion to some people. To Alexander, you're wondering why the Queen's role matters.
0: Yeah, exactly. I actually grew up in the UK. I was born there. And I was there for 16 years of my life, and even then, I, I didn't understand what was what the mo- monarchy was about. How is it of such importance in Australia?
2: Well, an interesting question. And one, Sabian, that I'm sure a lot of people are asking now, and we do have so many different opinions coming through on the text line. Let's go to Alexander Volts from the Australian Monarchist League. Alexander, when you hear a question like that from Sabian, how do you respond?
3: Well, it's a tricky one. I suppose you look at the heart of Sabian's question, um, which you can sort of strip down to what is the function of the Queen? What did she, What did she actually do? And the... The sort of philosophical answer here is metaphorically, she actually didn't do too much. But would you prefer in your leader, because she is the leader of our our nation, that has ultimate executive authority, would you prefer a leader to do not so much or quite a bit? And let's look at some leaders across the world that are doing quite a bit at the moment. Well, Xi Jinping springs to mind. Vladimir Putin springs to mind, and Donald Trump springs to mind, although well, he may yet come back, who knows. Now, all those places happen to coincidentally be republics. And and so, you know, that's what I would say there. The Queen's (laughs) metaphoric inactivity, it's not, it's a hell of a job, actually is such a good system for us because it means that the wrong people can never attain power. You've got to remember that the Queen started her constitutional training at Eton College with the vice provost when she was 10 years old. She knew exactly what she was doing. She knew how to run a nation. She knew how to hold it together. And it it, it has held together. Look at Australia. 121 years of uninterrupted
2: continuity, and prosperity. Well, Alexander Volts from the Australian Monarchist League, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot more about these issues in the weeks ahead. Of course, the discussion will inevitably shift to debate around whether Australia should become a republic. I should say the Australian Republic movement says it pays respect to the significant contribution made by Queen Elizabeth II. In a statement, it said, many Australians have known no other head of state. The length of her reign was unrivaled. And they go on to say, the Queen respected the self-determination of the Australian people and the Queen backed the right of Australians to become a fully independent nation during the referendum on an Australian Republic in nineteen ninety-nine. So look, there's gonna be a lot more discussion about this. Alexandra, I wanted to ask you about the reign of King Charles. It's just begun. How are you feeling about that?
3: I'm feeling really good. And do you know what? I think young people
2: should be feeling really, really
3: good as well. I mean, look at look at the um, pursuits that this man has had early in his life when many others have not. Climate. Climate. He was all over the environment before it was cool to be all over the environment. And that's reassuring. That's a man with foresight. And that's good. Now, obviously, he's not in a legislative capacity, nor is he in a capacity to influence um, how, how legislation is implemented. But Surely that's got to reassure you that you've got here a thinker, someone who's prepared to be philosophical. Look at his charities. Raises $175 million in Australia, the Prince's Trust Australia, predominantly to support the opportunities of young people. I mean, that's fantastic. Look at his advocacy for the arts. It's really, really strong. I'm a musician myself and I appreciate what Prince Charles has, well, now... Yeah, his Majesty, it takes the a bit King, of getting used to, yeah, it? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, 70 years of adjusting. But His Majesty, the King, Charles III, has supported the arts throughout his whole life.
2: Wow. So
3: I think we should be feeling really optimistic here.
2: Well, look, it has been a huge day. An historic day, one we're going to remember for a long time. A lot of people are going to remember this day. Alexander Valtz from the Australian Monarchist League, thank you so much for coming on Hack and, and sharing those thoughts, those memories, those sentiments. Thanks for having me. I hope we can talk more soon. I'm sure we will. And some messages coming through on the text line. Somebody says, love the Queen, but really, should this interrupt our parliament and stop the nation? Another person says, to be honest, I'd like to be more educated about the Queen's involvement with First Nations Australians. Hack on Triple J. A very big day in global history, one that so many people will not forget. So many contributions will keep following this story as there are more updates. It's going to be a big few weeks and months ahead. But for now, that's all we've got time for on the Hack Podcast. I'll catch you next time.